Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And if you're like most Americans, you haven't been watching or listening to this ridiculous impeachment trial, which is in day number, what is today, number three, I guess. We'll talk about that today. And as always, folks, welcome to the program. You can email me your thoughts, opinions, feedback. Yes, I'll even accept your adoration and praise. Todd at ToddFShow.com. And we're streaming the program, ToddFShow.com, and on some social media platforms as well, as long as they let us do that, as long as we don't offend the powers that be this morning with something that we say, something that isn't politically correct, something that isn't... uh, that doesn't offend Zuckerberg or Sheryl Sandberg or Jack Dorsey, who are out there trying to save the world by keeping hate off their platforms. Anyway, welcome to the program. Let's talk a little bit about this. I don't want to do this too much because, candidly, I haven't watched much of any of this. In fact, I'm looking at some footage right now on the television, Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, who literally was sleeping with the spy. Eric Swalwell is one of the house managers who is testifying, or not testifying, but bringing the charges, making the case against President Trump for inciting an insurrection, inciting a riot. Meanwhile, he's out hooking up with literally a Chinese spy. You cannot make these things up. This is truly unbelievable that we would take a guy seriously who is, well, as he puts it, cozying up, really, really cozying up to a Chinese spy. And now he's bringing charges, making the case against Trump in this dramatic theater. And I've heard some people say that this is, in fact, Dershowitz said this. These impeachment proceedings are good theater, but uh, bad, I don't know what, bad precedent, bad constitutional, uh, bad for the Constitution, bad for the Republic. It's not even good political theater, folks. This is bad political theater, and it's even worse in real life. So I want to share with you a bit from this article in NBC News. NBC News trying to make sure that Americans know just how terrible um, what happened on and, and what January 6th was a terrible day. What happened at the Capitol building? I don't know of anyone who's who's denying that, but that's not that's not the charge. The charge is that Trump is responsible. Trump incited the people to do this. And so they've come up with video, edited video. By the way, if Project Veritas had done to a video what 
the House Democrats, the impeachment team here, has done with their video, the media would report that it was a doctored video. And so because of that, moving forward, we will refer to said video as a doctored video, a video that has been doctored to manipulate what you or what what really happened. The video leaves out key statements made by the president. Of course it does. I mean, that's not... That's not surprising, but it leaves out the key statement that he told the crowd gathered to hear him speak on the morning of January 6th to march over to the Capitol building peacefully and patriotically. Peacefully and patriotically. If you're going to incite a riot, are those words that you would choose to use? Peacefully and patriotically. It seems to me that those would not be in your lexicon that day when you were at the podium trying to stir up a riot, stir up an insurrection, overthrow <laughs> overthrow the government, which even, this is just so preposterous to me. Even if, even if they did completely gain control of the Capitol building, um, you know, and, and, you know, took control and, which, I mean, they... Um, they, they stormed the Capitol. They were in places they shouldn't be. They were doing things they shouldn't be doing. Criminal charges have been filed and should be filed against the folks that were breaking the law. This is not complicated. But let's say that this was the plan. Then what? Then what? Because someone occupies the Capitol building, it's suddenly um, they're in charge of the U.S. government? I mean, what is this? This is This would not have done anything, but... Uh, get them driven out anyway. It wouldn't have changed. It wouldn't have changed anything, right? This this is. I don't even know what they think the end game was. Just I guess to stir up a revolution, physical civil war on the streets of America until Trump got his way. Is that what they are arguing here? But nonetheless, I want to share with you a bit of how NBC News. Um, kind of summarizes day two, which was yesterday, of Trump's uh, second impeachment trial. Headline, harsh reminder, key takeaways from day two of Trump's second impeachment trial. Democratic impeachment managers, which of course includes Eric Swalwell, who was sleeping with the Chinese spy. They didn't write that. They should have. Used Trump's past words to make him a constant presence as they played raw video of the January 6th attack. Democrats played a uh, harrowing, harrowing new video Wednesday of the riot that showed how close rioters' intent to on harming lawmakers came to finding them on January 6th, stoking raw emotions on the second day of former President Donald Trump's impeachment trial. Now, this is – look, I want to be careful here because I'm not defending at all what happened on the – I've already made that clear. I don't like to repeat myself. I don't like to make known the obvious again and again and again because it takes away from really what I want to say. But in today's world, you have to be so very careful. Someone tuning in may not uh, may not understand because they've been – following what the media has been telling them for so long, telling the media telling them what people like me um, are saying about some of these things. 
But what happened January 6th at the Capitol, completely unacceptable, completely illegal, completely um, – charges should be filed. Prosecutions should be um, you know, underway at some point for those who broke the law, and they should face the consequence of their actions, the consequences of their actions. This is not a complicated, not a complicated thing. But their actions, the whole, the whole point of this, and, and it's amazing to me how easily people can be swayed. For example, I go back and I think about the senators and the congressmen, congresswomen, Republicans, who said going into January 6th, going into that day, that they were going to object to some of the state's electors because of what they had seen pertaining to election fraud, even though we're not supposed to use that word. That's that's not permitted. It's not uh, permitted by the PC police. But nonetheless, there's concerns. And to act like there's no concerns is literally to be completely ignorant or completely nonchalant um, or even at some level approving of what happened. Now, you can say, as I've said before, there wasn't enough uh, malfeasance in the election. There wasn't enough fraud or whatever it was, whatever you want to call this, illegal activity in the election to actually change the outcome. Okay, okay, we can have some level of discussion there and, and you know exchange thoughts and ideas on that. Fair enough. But to say it didn't happen and to say that it was a the most secure election in American history is totally preposterous. It is absolutely totally preposterous. Thousands of affidavits from individuals who say uh, that they saw bad things happening, illegal things happening in polling places pertaining to the election, the integrity of our election. By the way, just as the people – who broke the law on the Capitol, in the Capitol, on the Capitol Hill, on January 6th, should be legally responsible for their actions, held responsible for the things that they did. Likewise, excuse me, likewise, those who allegedly um, participated in illegal activities on Election Day or prior to Election Day or whenever these things would have happened, some of these things happened slightly before election day because of, um, you know, allegedly because of ballots that were said to have been copied illegally and that sort of thing. If proven, if proven the folks responsible for that, here's a shocker for you. Those folks should be held legally, uh, legally accountable as well, right? This is not a complicated thing. It only becomes complicated whenever we start to desire an, a certain outcome which the left says Biden's president, anything that might interfere with that, we don't want to pay attention to. And yes, some conservatives or Trump supporters say Trump had this election stolen. So anything that's contrary to that, some folks may be reluctant to to pay attention to as well. I get it. I get it. We're at a point in time where we have two diametrically opposed ideologies competing for influence and uh, political power in this country. And it is – the consequences are immense. The consequences are off this chart. And we have to fight like hell, as Trump said. And I don't mean that physically. I mean that the same way the president meant it, which is 
We have to win this battle. We have to engage. We have to be persistent. We cannot back down. We have to be, I think there's more to it as well than just uh, having a knockdown drag out fight um, over these issues, though that's going to be required metaphorically. My goodness, I hate to say these things. Metaphorically, we have to win in a uh, contentious sort of way. There's going to be pushback, but we also have to win in a persuasive sort of way. That's why we have conservative, not bitter university is to help folks be better and not bitter when it comes to understanding and persuading folks um, to the truths of constitutional conservatism. Anyway, so those actions, the alleged actions that happened relating to election integrity, election fraud, need those folks need to be held accountable. The folks that broke the law uh, at the Capitol building, they need to be held accountable legally as well. But I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand the people who did not, uh, the, the people in Congress and the Senate who said, I'm going to vote to object to electors, and then they changed their votes. They say, I'm not going to object anymore because of what happened uh, at the Capitol you know, that day. It was terrible what happened, but why does it change what you think? It, the, the two things are not, how are they related? If you think that the events that took place pertaining to the election are resulted in questionable electors being assigned, then you should have stood firm with that. You can't simply say, well, now people got violent, so I want to change change my vote, change my objection. I don't understand that. That tells me that you were doing it for the wrong motivations to begin with. That's what it tells me. Or are you saying that you're somehow culpable in making people angrier? Is that what you're admitting to? That's not how I see it at all. If the evidence <laughs> leads you to believe the evidence leads you to believe that the election uh, results from certain states was should be questioned and not be accepted, then stand by that. Stand by that. To capitulate and to say, because violence occurred, now I'm not, I don't understand that. I guess they're going to say, I don't want to be a part of, of leading to, of, to violence. Okay, so suddenly you're a part of election integrity issues? I mean, what, why is that a good thing? How is that a good thing? Maybe there is genuine anger. I'm not justifying the law-breaking, but there's genuine anger, too, amongst American people, against, amongst law-abiding American citizens who candidly um, are upset because of some of the evidence that they've seen that's not been addressed. And now you're going to you, – you were going to stand up to it. I questionably – I don't know what your motivations are at this point because if you really believed those things, you would stand firm and you would say, I don't stand for the violence, but this still has nothing to do – nothing to do with the fact that I have questions about the election results. Just as I don't understand that, I don't understand – I don't understand the Democrats' approach here. I do from a political perspective because it's all about emotion. They're showing these never-before-seen videos at the Capitol to stir an emotional response, right, to make people think, man, this was really bad. And it was bad. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. But, again, just because, just because it was bad and there's new videos that show uh, circumstances, events happening at the Capitol that were 
bad. It doesn't. It, that proves that Trump. That doesn't prove that Trump caused it any uh, at all. All it shows is that wow, this might be worse than we thought, or here's something happened that we didn't see before. I can see why people were scared. I can see why people were uh, uncertain about what was going to happen. But again, the case here isn't about how scary it was on Capitol Hill that day or how um, you know how terrible the events were on that day. The, the question is whether or not Trump incited a riot. And if the riot, it doesn't, the degree of the riot shouldn't matter. If it's, if it's classified as a riot, if it was a level one on a 10 point scale here in this example, or level eight or a 10, what difference does it make? The point is whether Trump incited it, not how bad the riot was. Anyway, quick timeout is in order. A couple more thoughts on this, and I want to get, there's other things I want to get to as well, but today's day three of this sham impeachment trial, again, being led by folks like Eric Swalwell, who care about the integrity of our nation, supposedly, while they're out there allegedly sleeping with Chinese spies. Take a quick time out, come back. You're listening to The Todd Huff Show. Back here in just a minute. So let's pick up here a little bit more on this impeachment shenanigan. I'm looking here at an NBC News article. I read one paragraph, the first segment, and then had a lot to say about it. But I'm going to pick up where I left off. NBC News writes this. As the House impeachment managers recounted their experiences on January 6th in, in, uh, in emotional terms, and it was emotional. It was designed to be emotional. And I... Uh, I want to be careful here again. Um, When you're, you're supposed to, you're supposed, there's a lot going on here, right? This is, this is political theater. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that there was no fear or anything like that. I'm saying that this is orchestrated and, planned to have a desired outcome and that is to make the people who are watching this which candidly are not many people but that's that is intended the desired outcome is for people to have an emotional attachment i can't believe trump did this to people in congress what kind of a guy is this he literally put their lives in jeopardy some people have said he's um, left them there to to die? Isn't that I, – I saw that or read that somewhere. Um, so this is, this is how it's portrayed. But here's the thing, and I know this is a political process. Impeachment is political. It's not um, – this is not a court of law. It's, it resembles it in some ways. It's supposed to be like it in, in, in ways – but this is not a criminal proceeding. This is a, a political proceeding, which, by the way, is the reason why folks like me say this is unconstitutional to begin with because Trump is no longer in political life. But be that as it may, be that as it may for just a moment, um, the, whole, the whole concept here of trying to emotionally – 
I'm going to use a word here, and I know some are going to get upset with this, but manipulate. Emotionally, emotionally manipulate those who are watching this transpire. Now, you can say, Todd, they're just sharing their experiences. Okay, I understand to a point, but when you're when you're looking at when you're looking at, you know as as a juror would look look at a trial and again i know this is not completely the same thing as a criminal trial uh, but there are certainly similarities you're supposed to remove yourself from the emotion of it now it's i guess at some level completely impossible to do that or to it's impossible to completely do that i should say but that should not be the, the the factor here. The factor, the 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 force that's leading you to a certain decision should be logic. Where does the case take me? And yesterday, what they showed was emotion. So you you know you felt that it was bad, and it was bad. I've said that multiple times in this this program. I'm not defending any of that. That is not the question. The level of how bad this was is not the question. It need, that needs to be dealt with separately. The folks that broke the law and did these evil things need to be held accountable. That's straightforward, pure, and simple. The question now is, what was what's Trump's alleged role in this? How was Trump responsible? How scary it was on Capitol Hill and the Capitol building on the Capitol grounds has nothing to do with whether or not Trump's responsible for it. Nothing to do with that. And so they go to his Twitter account and they show his tweets and they start telling us he's not tweeted enough or he didn't tweet the right things when this was all taking place as though these the rioters are hanging on to their phone. I mean, what is this is this what we're supposed to believe as you're crashing the Capitol building that you're eagerly hanging on Trump's next tweet to instruct you what to do. Those tweets didn't come, by the way. He did do a video telling people to go home, which the House impeachment managers will tell you, well, he told the folks he loved them, uh, but they they need to go home. But there's two groups of people in Washington, D.C. that day, right? There were people who were storming the Capitol, and there were people who came to peaceably protest, which, by the way, is a constitutional, constitutional right, to peaceably protest, even though folks like tough guy Chris Cuomo cannot find in the Constitution anything that says that the protesters have to be peaceable, peaceful. It's literally in the text, Chris. You literally don't even have to go cross-reference. You just read it, and it's right there, right there before your very eyes. Chris Cuomo couldn't find that when Black Lives Matter riots were questioned over the summer. Show me, he says. Show me where it says that protests have to be peaceful. Uh, okay, right here in the very document that you claim to be an expert in interpreting and reading. It's literally right there. It's right there. So, you know, the, the idea that Trump was inciting the riot, that Trump was applauding the efforts of those who tried to storm the Capitol is is all fabricated. That is not a real thing. Trump was talking to the people who came to Washington, D.C. to show their support for him, that went to that rally, that never set foot on the Capitol grounds, never set foot on the Capitol grounds. They heard the speech. They may have stayed in the city. They may have gone home. 
they may have marched elsewhere. They may have gone to the Capitol but had nothing to do with the riots. There's two groups of people here. This is not complicated. The media and the Democrat Party understand that when something goes bad at a Black Lives Matter rally. Heck, you go back in the archives of this and, and you can see – of this program and you can see that even I understood that when it was Black Lives Black Lives Matter. There are people that go out and protest because they don't like the things that they see that never smash a window or throw a Molotov cocktail or any of that stuff. They just were there. Now, I raise the question, why are you associating with a group that's led by Marxists? My guess is that people either don't know that they are Marxists. They've said that they are. They said that they're communists, folks. Marxism is communism. So the the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement are self-identified Marxists. Maybe people don't know that. Okay. Maybe people don't know that. That's okay. But even even then, um, you know, people can go and and peacefully protest. Some of those folks, a lot of those folks, had nothing at all to do with the riots. There were two groups, and there was even multiple groups of rioters. There's groups that went there planning to riot. In my opinion. There's people that saw it as an opportunity to get free stuff when the looting began, and there might even be another group. Oversimplifying these things is also part and parcel of the problem that we have here as well. But Trump's not encouraging the people to keep destroying the Capitol building, storming the Capitol building, all this kind of stuff. Trump is out there saying thank you to the supporters, those who stood with him, those who were encouraging their Congress people, their senators to vote to not certify the election results or to question the electors that were being presented by the states like Arizona and Georgia, Nevada, Trump says Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. If I'm leaving out of state there, my apologies, but you get the idea. Anyway, just realized here if you're watching on Facebook, I never flipped back to my, to me. You're looking at our, our commercial break screen. My apologies. That's on me. So timeout is in order. Sit tight. We're going to shift gears a little bit when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I actually have the correct video up now for, for Facebook and YouTube and on our website. But I want to tell you that this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Christian Community Connect. ChristianCommunityConnect.com is a platform where you can, well, if you're a business owner, you can promote your business. If you're a Christian, you can go and um, see who... Uh, you know, search for businesses that you might want to uh, consider working with for a variety of things. ChristianCommunityConnect.com is the website. You can also sign up for their, <clears throat> excuse me, newsletter and get other information, uh, you know, timely information and other things that um, advertisers might be doing for the Christian Community Connect community. So, Check them out. ChristianCommunityConnect.com is the website. I, I want to share this really quickly. You know, this whole <clears throat> – it, it's 
I remember someone said once, I, I don't know who said this. I think it's, I think it is brilliant. And I wish I could credit the right person with this because I heard it through someone um, who had read this or heard someone articulate this idea. And this was back during the time of Trump, <laughs> which seems like eons ago now after we're headlong into uh, you know, the lovers of big government solving all of our problems here are trying to. They never will. It'll cost more than they tell us. There will be more ramifications than they ever dreamed. But nonetheless, this is what they're trying to do. But but someone said that those who hate Trump take him literally but not seriously. Those who take who like Trump take him seriously but not literally. And that is, I think, a profound idea. Trump Trump spoke in uh, in language where we understood what he was overall trying to do, but he also he, he used hyperbole and, and, and exaggeration and just political sort of rhetoric similar to well, in a different way, but similar to rhetoric that we would use here to make a point, right? This is why political speech needs to be protected so much because, um, it has such overarching um, – an overarching impact in so many areas of our, of our lives. And so when he says fight like hell, which is what he said, that apparently to the left needs to be taken literally, right? Because the left takes him literally but not seriously, which in this case they take him literally and seriously I guess because they think that seriously that this caused people to – Fight like hell physically at the Capitol building. So at least be consistent, right? Because this is – and I'd forgotten this. Jack Posobiec tweeted this out I think yesterday. Actually, maybe today. Eh, I guess it was yesterday. Yeah. Sorry, Oz. Oz is telling me it's time to take a break. So I'm going to play the soundbite really quickly. It's just 19 seconds. Kamala Harris um, on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Now – I don't take this literally. It's not funny. Not nearly as funny as Kamala thinks it is. She's about to, to bust a gut laughing at this stuff. But listen to this exchange. I mean, if Trump had done something like this, first of all, Trump's not getting invited to Ellen and is going to get the Ellen DeGeneres treatment like this, and that's fine, whatever. But if he was on Ellen and if he said something like this, this would have literally been in the video that they put together, the doctored video, by the way that they put together yesterday for the House impeachment hearing. Here's this soundbite. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> Yikes. You ought to hear that with headphones on, folks. Man. Uh, hilarious stuff. Does one of us have to come out alive? Of course, you know how this works. I mean, she's given this, uh, almost certainly given this question beforehand. Maybe even a writer tells her <laughs> what to say. This is, this is you know, this is Hollywood for you. Hollywood and politics, liberal politics intersecting here on the Ellen DeGeneres show. But if Trump would have said this at the microphone... Does one of us have to come out alive? That literally would have made it to the House impeachment trial. Well, it's in the Senate. The House impeachment – if I say House impeachment trial, it's the Senate impeachment trial. But it's being 
uh, led by the uh, House impeachment team, the impeachment managers, for a second time. These folks are – it's going to be a, a, a title here, a, a, a permanent title. Next time there's a Republican president, just when, the, when they get sworn into office, they should just go around the House of Representatives and say, who wants to be on the House impeachment team? Because we're going to impeach this guy at some point anyway, or this lady at some point. So let's go ahead and get the team together. But you know darn good and well, if Trump would have said this, it would have been used. <laughs> it would have been used as evidence of Trump inciting a riot. Trump telling people to kill people. Do all of us have to come out alive? Whoa, whoa, Kamala! You trying to incite a riot there? On the Ellen DeGeneres show? Are you trying to overthrow our government by killing the vice president, the president, and the attorney general at the time? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this not inciting an insurrection? Whoa, is this not treasonous behavior? Whoa, is she not a seditionist? Whoa. Anyway, time out is in order. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Headline here, the Daily Wire. I like, well, I don't like the topic here uh, because this, um, but I, I, I like when people point out the inconsistencies in in our media. And the Daily Wire points out here that in the first uh, 20 days of the Biden administration, um, there have been... I'm going to read. I don't like talking about these things because we're talking about real human life, coronavirus, this whole thing. But the media blamed Trump for for every single person. I mean, every single person who died. I've seen people um, in the media, uh, respect supposedly respectable commentators on the left, blame every death every covid death squarely on president trump because he was in office and of course as president and ruler i guess in their minds of the government government is god in the minds of the radical left that the president can stop anything he wants right that's kind of the the notion here but you don't see these and and this this would be a headline if trump was president um if trump was president today that there were more Americans killed by coronavirus in 20 days under Biden, this is in the Daily Wire, than died in the Vietnam War. And the article points out that the media grilled Trump over the same milestone, if you will. Again, terrible things to have to report, but for consistency's sake, you know, when you look at an issue like this, there's there's a lot of facets. There's the impact of the virus and the people that it affects infects and and kills which is terrible and those people need to be uh, we should always handle this i think with that in mind there's also the political ramifications which is very important as well just because we have this virus doesn't mean that we abandon all of our principles and uh, ignore ignore um 
what it is that makes America great. We don't get to throw those principles, nor should we want to throw those principles out the window. We should make sure that we're uh, that our government is not allowed to do whatever it wants suddenly because because there's a virus. Now there might be uh, reason to take certain actions and steps, but not indefinitely, not so heavy-handed to where it's. I mean, this is brutal to people, putting people out of business, causing other problems, affecting people's lives in other ways. Some people have committed suicide. Uh, expressly because of I talked about Matt or talked with Matt Lamb of the College Fix recently about a, a high school student who cited uh, isolation from the coronavirus as the reason that he took his life tragically. So these things don't exist in a vacuum. But again, this is not the way that it's covered now. But if Trump was still president, these are the sorts of things you would see. Also, I wanted to to update you. You heard us. On this program, uh, recently played some sound bites from Dr. Fauci about double masking. Well, the CDC has updated its coronavirus mask guidance, according here to an article from Fox News, and they now say they now say that you can wear a cloth mask over a surgical mask. You can't. You're not supposed to wear two surgical masks. But nonetheless, nonetheless, they say that uh, this can be found to stop more coronavirus spread. So, again, keep your eye out for people virtue signaling that now have have two masks, two masks on. And the experiment, this is the CDC updated its mask guidance on Wednesday to include data from a recent lab experiment that found placing a cloth mask over a surgical mask as well as using a properly fitted mask was effective in stopping coronavirus spread. So we mentioned that earlier. I wanted to update you on that as well. But a timeout is in order here. I have to take that. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. To clarify again what I was talking about last segment, any any cause of death, folks, is I don't like to talk about. It. I just I don't. Um, th- these are real people and real families who are struggling in the wake of what happened. What I am, what I do think uh, find important to discuss is the hypocrisy of how these things are covered, because it's dangerous for other things that come down the road for this country, the decisions we make, the people we elect. And we need to be consistent. I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.